Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Man, you guys are looking good today. Come on, I think everybody should just nudge your neighbor and just say, you're looking good. Come on, just tell them. Like your outfit, looking good. Come on, everybody ought to just say that to me right now. Looking good, Pastor. Come on. Got my denim jacket looking like Zach Morris up here. Maybe, maybe, maybe looking like a worship pastor or something up here. Come on, right? Isn't it awesome to be in the house of God with our church family? I'm just telling you, like, there is nothing like it. And I know online is great. And we're, awesome. we're so thankful for all of you that are joining us online. But I just got to tell you, like, if you're online, you're missing out because there is awesome stuff happening here in the presence of God together. And I'm so thrilled to be here, thrilled for those of you that are joining us online as well. And I'm excited as we're concluding this series that we've been doing the last couple of weeks called Storm Stories. So everybody say Storm Stories. Storm Stories. Now you got to help me out a little bit today. How many of you have ever had like something that you were planning, something that you were looking forward to and it got ruined or it got messed up because of rain or because of a storm? Come on, something like that. It's like rain on your wedding day. Come on, right? Right, that, that's what it's like. I was thinking about that. That's, that's how storms do sometimes. Like one of my favorite storm stories, it, it happened, it's been several years ago, myself and Amber and some, uh, some of our other ministry uh, partners and friends, we went on a missions trip to Scotland. How many are jealous, right? And we went to Scotland, a beautiful place, just incredible place to be able to do ministry. And while we were there, I mean, we were speaking in schools and we were speaking at churches and we were doing some training for pastors and leaders and things like that. But of course, like if you're going to Scotland, like you got to set aside some time for some sightseeing. And so even though we were doing a lot of ministry, we had set aside a day for some sightseeing. And then me and my buddy Kyle that were on the trip together, we're like, we like golf. And so like, you can't go to Scotland without setting aside a little bit of time to to do a little bit of golfing and so we had set this day for further into the week like the second to the last day that we were going to be there that we were going to go to the home of golf St. Andrews y'all right and I'm so excited because the whole time that we're there we're doing all this ministry and it's not always like this but in Scotland on this particular time the weather was beautiful it was like in the 60s like low 70s hardly any clouds no rain I mean everyone says when you go to Scotland there's lots of rain but there was no rain I mean it's beautiful so the whole time while we're doing the ministry and stuff I'm just looking forward to it. I'm thinking, oh man, the day is coming and we're going to, going to go to St. Andrews, going to play some golf. It's going to be epic because we were going like with these two other Scottish pastors. And so there's going to be the American pastors against the Scottish pastors. And we're going to bring home the cup, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're going to do this thing. And so the night before, I'm so pumped. I'm so excited about it. I can barely sleep. I'm just going, man, tomorrow I'm going to the home of golf, St. Andrews and whatever. And sure enough, we wait up the next day and what do you think happened what do you think happened we wake up the next day and it was the worst weather that I have ever experienced in my life. It was raining so hard. It wasn't just like drizzling. It wasn't just sprinkling. It wasn't just raining. It was pouring down a rain, you guys. And it wasn't just that, but suddenly the temperature had dropped overnight and it's like 45 degrees and the wind is blowing like 20 miles an hour and this rain is pouring down. And I'm like, this was the day that we were going golfing. And so what did you, what do you think that we did? We went golfing anyway. 
Like we bundled up in all of our, you know, all of our rain gear and went out there. And I'm telling you, we played golf in the worst storm, in the worst weather I have ever played golf with in my entire life. We played a total of 16 holes. We stopped on the 16th hole because we were wet and we were tired and we were cold and the Scottish team was winning and we thought if we don't finish, then they can't say that they won. Come on, right? I'm just telling you. How many know sometimes the biggest storms actually make the best stories? Isn't that true? And here's what we have learned in this series is that God brings us through storms in our lives. And what we have been doing is we've been looking at some of the storm stories in the Bible. And the ones we've been looking to, for, looking at just happen to be in the Old Testament as we've looked at people like Job and the storm that he faced. And then last week we talked about Jonah and the storm that he faced that he actually kind of brought on to himself. And today we're going to wrap up this series by talking about another guy in the Old Testament who faced the most epic storm of all time. In fact, when you look at, at this guy's storm, it didn't just affect him and it didn't just affect his family, but the storm that Noah faced affected the entire earth. I mean, it rocked the foundations of the entire planet. And how many would agree that most of us can probably say in this year, uh, all the things that have happened with the pandemic and with the political stuff and with all of the things happening in the world, we could all say, hey, we relate to that because there has been in 2020 a storm that sometimes you go through storms that just affect you and your family and your own immediate life. But how many would agree with me that this year, every one of us have been in a storm that has really rocked the foundations of the world that we live in. Come on, right? And what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about Noah. We're going to look at his storm and we're going we're to learn a few things from it. In fact, his storm is found in the book of Genesis. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to Genesis chapter 6 and we'll start reading with verse number 9 together today. And let's, let's see what it says. It says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully. Everybody say faithfully. He walked faithfully with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, or Japheth, I guess that's how you say it. Verse 11. And now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. And God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people of earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to the people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy them, both them and the earth. So make for yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make room in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long and 50 cubits wide and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it and leave, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit around, uh, high around. How many know God's, sometimes his instructions are pretty specific, right? And here we see it. He says, put a door on the side of the ark and make it lower in the middle uh, and make lower, middle and upper decks. Verse 17. And I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life, everything on earth will perish. But I will what? Everybody say these words aloud. I will establish my covenant with you. And you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your family. 
will be with you. Now, here's the deal. How many of you are familiar with the story of Noah? Come on, raise your hand. All over the room. If you grew up in Sunday school, you've heard, you saw it on the flannel board, right? You know, Noah and the ark and the animals. And here's the thing. When it comes to stories that are familiar like this, it's easy to just kind of hear, hear the story and not really think about what's happening in the story. But I want you to put yourself in Noah's shoes for just a minute. I mean, just imagine here God shows up and he says, it's going to rain. People didn't even know what rain was because before that time water didn't come from the sky it came up from the ground and that's how the crops were watered and and nobody knew what that was and he goes hey it's going to rain I don't even know what that is build an ark I don't even know what an ark is I want you to keep building on it till it's prepared now if you study a little bit he built on this ark for 120 years before it ever actually started raining just think about this put yourself in Noah's shoes now here finally it starts raining Noah's got all that how you I don't even know how he got all the animals on the ark I mean imagine Imagine that. Now you're on the ark. It's raining for 40 days and 40 nights, flooding the earth. And then you're in the ark for 250 days in the ark. I mean, just imagine, put yourself in his shoes as he's gone. I mean, imagine what it smelled like on that ark. Come on, right? I mean, imagine what it felt like. Imagine as he's gone, man, you know what? I've been doing this for all these years now. I'm in this thing and it's raining all these nights and now it stopped raining. But how long is it going to be until the waters recede? And then when the waters recede, what am I? going to find when I get out there? How long is it going to take for everything to dry up? And then everything that was there before is all destroyed. And how long is it going to take to rebuild it? Come on, are you getting the story of what Noah's going on in his life? And you can kind of relate it to the story of what we've been facing in our lives as well. Like storm like we've never seen before. Stuff like we've never experienced in our lives before. And I know I've had thoughts like this, maybe some of you as well. Like how long is this going to last? Like, I mean, how many nights do I got to be in this boat? Like, how, how, how many days am I going to have to social distance? How much longer are we going to have to wear these masks? And how much, how much more of this pandemic or how, how many more days of all of this political division and, and all this unrest that's happening in the world? Like, how long is this going to last? And then when it's, like, when it's over, it's not like they're just going to flip a switch one day and go, COVID's gone. Everybody come on out. Everything's good. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little while for people to be comfortable. And how long is that going to be? And what's the economy going to be like? And what's life going to be like? And how long is it going to take to rebuild all the stuff that was destroyed by the, by the storm? And by the, come on, anybody? know what I'm talking about here what's it going to be like in fact I'll just be I'll just be kind of really uh transparent with you today just even just this last week I think it was on Thursday night we had uh the family together and and we we decided just to watch some old like home videos anybody ever done that before and so we're just enjoying the family watching the home videos laughing having fun enjoying one another I mean it was really it felt good that night and then we turned the home videos off and the kids kids kind of all went their way and went to bed and whatever and I went into my room and all of a sudden it just hit me like all those videos we watched nobody's wearing a mask nobody's social distance like life we thought we had struggles in that time and I'm going I wish I had those struggles again you know what I'm saying like when is life going to be back to normal and I felt myself like feeling just this this heavy sense of feeling a little depressed come on anybody experience any of this kind of stuff before going like what how long is this going to last and I imagine that's where Noah was and what I want to do is I want to look at his story and and I just want to relate ourselves to it a little bit and see just four things about this storm that Noah faced if you're taking notes you can write them down the first one is this I want you to see the purpose everybody say the purpose the purpose of the storm why did the storm happen 
What was, what was the reason behind the storm? Well, we have learned in this series that there are different reasons that storms come in different seasons in our lives, right? Remember the first week we talked about Job and what was the reason for the storm? It was because there was an enemy, the enemy of our soul that wants to attack, that wants to come to steal and kill and destroy. And so Job faced the storm because of, because of Satan, because of the enemy. And then last week we talked about Jonah, who his storm was something that was because of his own sin, his own disobedience that he brought on himself. But when we look at Noah's storm, it's for an entirely different reason. In fact, we see it right here in verse number 11 it says and the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence why did Noah face the storm that he faced it wasn't be, it wasn't because of Satan and it wasn't because of his own sin here's what it was it was because of the sinfulness of the world that he lived in because he lived in a fallen world I gotta tell you something guys every one of us here today we live in a fallen world. And it started way back in the very beginning. You remember the story, God created Adam and Eve, put them in the garden, beautiful place. I mean, a place where there was, there was no struggle and no shame and no sin. I mean, the world was right. The world was, was perfection. But then what happened? You know what happened? The, the enemy, the serpent came to tempt them. And when they sinned, everything changed in fact this is what the scripture says about it in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17 to Adam he said because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit of the tree about which I commanded you not to eat from cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil you will eat your food from it all the days of your life in other words God says hey this was a place of perfection but because of sin when sin entered the world it changed everything and suddenly the world was no longer a perfect place suddenly now there is shame suddenly now there is struggle suddenly now there is toil and everything that we do in our lives is much more difficult because sin entered the world and this is what we find for Noah I mean think about it why did Noah experience this storm it was not because of his sin the Bible says he was a righteous man the most faithful man on the planet like he was righteous and yet even his righteousness, his right standing with God did not exempt him from the storm that came into the world. Why? Because he lived in a sinful, fallen world. And the truth is, is that even in this room today, like even as people of God who are doing our best to follow God's ways, we are not exempted from the storms that come to this world because of a sinful, fallen world. In fact, the scripture says it like this. Look what it says in Matthew 5, verse 45. It says, he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends the rain on what? On both the righteous and the unrighteous. And I wish that I could tell you guys that if you just follow Jesus, like at the end of this message, I'm gonna give you a chance to follow Jesus. You just follow Jesus, you raise your hand, you say a prayer, you follow him, you live right, you'll never have a storm, you'll never have a struggle, everything will be good in your life from this point forward. But guess what, guys? I can't tell you that. The truth is, I can't tell you that because it's just not true. And here's what would happen. You would raise your hand, you would pray the prayer, you would go, I'm gonna follow 
Jesus and then you would begin to follow Jesus and then what would happen? A storm, a struggle, a difficulty would happen in your life and you would start thinking, wait a minute, am I doing something wrong or is God doing something wrong or is that pastor a liar? I mean, something is wrong with this situation. And the truth is, as long as we live in a sinful, fallen world, we will have struggles. Jesus said it like this. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. Everybody say, take heart. But take heart. I've overcome the world. In fact, that's the good news is that Noah, even though he was a righteous man, was not exempted from the storm that would, that would come upon the earth. And yet, even though he had to go through the storm, the storm did not go through him. Come on. Even though he went through a difficult time, the storm did not destroy him. Why? Well, that leads me to my second thought is that this, is this not just the purpose of the storm, but notice this, that there was a preparation. Everybody say preparation, a preparation for the storm. See, here's the deal. The storm came, but Noah was prepared. And why was he prepared? Because God was already working in him. Why was he prepared? Because he was already doing the work to prepare himself for when that time came. So that when the storm came on the earth, Noah would be prepared for what he would face. And Noah could step in to his moments of destiny. He could have his defining moment in fact think about this we wouldn't even know who Noah was if there was never a storm but Noah was prepared and when the storm came in he stepped into that moment that would define who he is that defining moment in fact this is the way it works most of the time isn't it it's usually in the times of crisis in the times of difficulty that we find out who we really are it's usually in the struggles that actually we have the opportunity to step up into the destiny and into the moments that God has for us I mean you think about throughout history you think about leaders and you think about presidents and things like that and think about the ones that we think of as the great ones why do we think of them as the great ones it's because of their response during crisis you think about people like Lincoln and you think about people like Churchill I mean you think about the reason that we know their names is because of how they responded in a time of a storm in the time of a crisis you think about like I think about in my lifetime what I remember is is George W. Bush remember that after the 9-11 how he stood there on ground zero with that megaphone you know we will not go silently into the night actually I think that was like an Independence Day movie or something but it was kind of kind of like that like and you remember you remember that defining moment why because it was in that time when there was a crisis a storm that affected everybody else they were able to step up why because they were they were prepared they had spent their life preparing for that moment for that time so that they could step into it and that's what happened with Noah God had worked in him and Noah had done the work to prepare himself for that moment of destiny. And think about, man, this dude was a dude, he was a guy who had an incredible destiny on his life. Think think about it for just a minute. Think about, like, he's the guy that God chose to replenish and rebuild the earth after everything was destroyed. Like, every single one of us sitting in this room now are actually descendants of Noah because God used him in such a way, right? And how many know when you have that kind of destiny on your life, you don't just show up one day and it happens. No, you spend your entire life preparing preparing for that moment so that when that moment comes you can step into it come on right and you think about that Noah if he had this kind of destiny on his life he had to live differently he didn't get to live like everybody else and can you imagine what people thought I mean think about it. can you imagine as Noah's out there building on that ark and they're going no what's wrong with you 
You're crazy. You're talking about God talked to you? What are you talking about? What, an ark, rain, flood? I don't even, what is that? Can you imagine what his friends were thinking? Like, Noah, you're no fun anymore. Like, all you do is build that ark. Like, why don't you come out with us on the weekends? Why don't you, like, like, what is wrong? What is wrong with you? Even his family, can you imagine what they were thinking? But Noah was like, no, I have a purpose. I have something that God has called me to do. I have a destiny to fulfill with my life. And I cannot be distracted by anything else because there's a storm coming. Come on. My family is depending on me. God is depending on me. The whole earth is depending on me to step up when the moment comes. So when that time comes, I have to be prepared. Here's the deal. I want you to understand. Just like Noah, every single one of you in this room today, you have a purpose. You have a destiny. Everybody look at your neighbor and tell them you have a destiny. Come on. You have a destiny. God has something that he has called you to, it may not be save the world, but God has a family that he's called you to lead. He's got people that he's called you to reach. He's got, he's got plans that he has called you, purposes that he has called you to live out. And let me just tell you something, if you're going to live those things out, you can't live like everybody else because there's a storm coming. Come on, it's already here. The opportunity to step up into the destiny that God has for us is right here in front of us, but we can't step into it unless we are prepared, unless we are ready. And let me just tell you something. There will be people that won't understand. When you decide, I'm gonna live God's way and not the way of the world. I'm gonna live by what God says and not by what everybody else says. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do the things that it takes to prepare myself for what God has called me to do and be with my life. There are gonna be people that don't understand you be friends, you'll be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you spending all that time up at that church all the time? You used to come hang out with us. Why did, what? You're, 10%, you're giving 10%? To, what are you doing? Giving all that money in the offering? Why, why are you reading your Bible and praying all the time? Why are you always going to those prayer meetings? Why, why are you worrying about living pure and right and, and holy and all that kind of stuff? And you've got to realize, hey, I got a purpose. I got a destiny and there's a storm coming and it's in that storm that I have an opportunity to step into what God has called me to do, but I can't step into it unless I'm prepared and ready when that time comes. I'm just telling you, man, people won't understand. I remember when I was a kid, about my senior year, I really decided to get serious about following Jesus. I knew God had called me into ministry. I knew God had called me to go to Bible college and I was on the baseball team. And I remember the kids on the, my friends on the baseball team, they didn't understand, they didn't know, because I lived different than they did. And I remember they'd say stuff, they, my nickname on the baseball team was Preacher Boy. And they'd call me that, and they, they didn't get it, they didn't understand, but here's what I understood. God has a calling on my life. I can't live like everybody else. I gotta be ready. I remember when I was 19, I became a youth pastor, full-time youth pastor. How many parents would like for your youth pastor to be 19 years old? You know, I'm like <laughs> barely six months older than the, you know, the oldest kid in the youth group. And I remember we got our, our kids and went to youth camp. And at youth camp, just how, so having Pastor Scott, my pastor, was speaking at that camp. And I remember we're sitting there one of the nights. And he comes over to during his sermon. He says, Chad Benson, stand up. I'm like in front of everybody, 300 kids, you know. I'm standing up, you know. He goes, God has a plan, a destiny, a calling for your life. But guess what? You better be ready when the time comes. He says, you're 19 right now, but one day you're going to get a phone call or 
Somebody's going to say, you're the one we need. You're going to preach in front of these thousands of people or whatever. And when that time comes, you better not be going, where's my Bible? What am I going to say? I don't know what to do. You better be ready when that time comes because success is where preparation meets opportunity. There is no such thing as an overnight success. Everyone who steps into a destiny steps into it because they have spent a lifetime of preparing and being ready so that when the crisis, the storm comes, they can step into that destiny that God has for them. And I'm just telling every single one of you, I'd stand you up in front of everybody if I could and didn't, thought it wouldn't embarrass you, but I'm just going to tell you, God has a plan, a destiny for your life. And when that opportunity comes, when that time comes, you better not be going, what am I supposed to do? I'm not ready. You better be ready when the time comes because there's a storm coming and we got to make sure we are ready. In fact, the scripture says it like this in Ephesians chapter five and verse 15, it says, it says, make the most of every opportunity because you know that the days are evil, that there is an evil day that we are living in even right now, but there is also an opportunity to step into the destiny that God has for us. So let me ask you, Noah built the ark. What are you building with your life right now? Man, I came to preach today. Y'all better amen a little bit and help me out. There's a purpose for the storm. There's a preparation for the storm. But then notice the third thing. There is a protection. Everybody say protection. Protection from the storm, in the storm. Look at this in verse 17. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you. And you will enter the ark, your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. Check this out. Earth is filled with wickedness. But Noah's righteous. And so what did God do? God established a covenant with him. He said, hey, I'm not going to take you out of the storm, but I'm going to protect you in the storm. The, the storm may come to you, but the storm will not destroy you because you have lived a righteous life. Guys, can I just tell you this? There are benefits to living righteous. There are benefits to doing things God's way rather than the world's way. It may not keep you from going into the storm, but it will protect you while you are there. In fact, this is what the scripture says in, in Proverbs 18 and verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The what? Everybody say it out loud. The righteous run into it and they are safe. That when we are righteous, what do we have? We have a protection. We have a strong tower that we can run into and be protected and be safe in the storm. The scripture says it like this in Psalm 34 and verse 19. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them, him from them all and he protects all his bones so that none of them are broken. He goes, hey, if you're living according to my way, if you are living pure and righteous according, according to my word, then guess what? You may go in some storms, but while you are there, you will have my protection and not a bone in your body will be broken. The storm may sway you, but it will not break you because you're living according to my ways. That's what happens for Noah. Check it out, Genesis chapter seven. They all get into the ark and then, Check this out. Look at it in verse number 15. All the animals get into the ark. Verse 16. And then what happens? The Lord shut them in. Notice this. Everybody gets in the ark. What happens? God shuts the door. And why did God shut the door? For one reason. To protect them. To protect them from the storm that was on the outside. To protect them from the things that were coming. And let me just tell you something, guys. Sometimes God will close doors in your life. And when he does, it's for your protection. 
And here's the deal, is sometimes we get frustrated. Man, like that job, I wanted that job so bad and then I didn't get it and I'm mad, I'm frustrated, I'm upset. Maybe just maybe the job that you wanted that you didn't get, the door that closed, maybe that was God protecting you from something that you don't even know about. That person I wanted the relationship with, I wanted to date them and I, you know, and all that and then that didn't work out and why'd that door close? Maybe God was protecting you from something. Man, that house that I wanted to buy, that car that I wanted, that, man, that, that business relationship that I wanted to have and the door closed. How many know Garth Brooks had it right? Sometimes the greatest gifts from God are unanswered prayers. The things that you thought that you wanted and God closed the door. Maybe he closed the door for your protection. So here's what I'd tell you. If there's a door that's closed in your life right now and you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling trapped, don't try to kick it down. What do you do? You do what Noah did. You wait patiently. You stand on the boat. You don't jump ship. Let me just tell you something, guys. Right now, in the middle of this storm, it's not the time to jump ship. It's not the time to go, man, you know, I was following Jesus, but now there's this storm. No, that's the worst time ever. Now's the time to hold on. Now's the time. Now's the time to stay in the boat. Now's the time to be patient and trust in the Lord and know that even if doors have closed, even if things have happened that weren't the way that I wanted them to, even if the rain is still pouring all around me, that I can trust in God. I'm going to continue to trust in him. Noah and his family were shut in the boat for 77 days how many can relate to that remember quarantine time I'm stuck here but in all that time what they do they patiently waited until one day the Lord then opened the door and they walked out to a whole new world (laughs) here's the here's the truth bottom line if you'll be faithful Things may not happen in the time and the way that you wanted them to happen, but God will then eventually open the door and you will walk in to the plan that he has for your life. So what do you do? There's a purpose, that, a reason for the storm. There's preparation for the storm. There's protection in the storm. But then notice this last one, and that is the promise. The promise after the storm. And Noah and his family in the boat. Rains are coming. Finally, the rains cease. All those days, 250 days in the boat, water finally begins to recede and they walk out onto the dry land. And what, notice this, what is the first thing that Noah does when he comes out of the ark? Genesis chapter eight and verse 20. And Noah did what? Built an altar to the Lord. What was the first thing that Noah did whenever the storm was over? He worshiped, he knelt, he worshiped. Guess what guys, in the middle of the storm, when the storm is over, what do we do? We worship God. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that Noah's sacrifice, that his worship, it touched the heart of God. And God made a promise, a covenant with Noah and a covenant with us that he said, never again will I curse the ground because of human beings. And then of course we know the story, he gave us that promise through the rainbow in the sky that he said, I will never, I will never do this again because I've made a covenant with you. And then what happens? Noah and his family, they begin to, to be fruitful and they begin to multiply and begin to replenish the earth. In fact, the scripture says it like this in Genesis chapter 9 and verse 1. It says, and then God blessed Noah and his sons saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. You go on down to verse 3 and it says, and now I give you everything. Noah was faithful and God brought him through the storm and in the 
the end, he promised him that he would make him fruitful and faithful, or fruitful and multiply again because of his faithfulness. Here's the deal. If you'll just hang on, guys. Man, I, it's, it's like every day I'm like, when is this going to be over? I don't know how much longer. And guess what? I don't know. I don't know for you. I don't know for me. But here's what I know. That God is faithful and he has given us a promise. And if we will hold on to that promise, if we will trust him in the midst of it, he will bring us through. And this might just be the defining moment of our life, of our church, in our country, as God's people hold on to the promises of God and step into the things that he has prepared us for. He says, I got plans for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those that love him. Maybe some of you are here today and you're going, man, I, I haven't come to that place like that. Like I haven't been living according to God's ways. I, I haven't really come to relationship with God. You know, I was reminded of what Jesus said about it. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 37. Look what he says. He says, when the Son of Man comes, he's talking about the end times. When Christ returns, this is gonna, what's going to happen. He says it's going to be the same as it was in Noah's day. For in those days before the flood, people were eating, drinking, marrying, being given to marriage. They kept this on until the day Noah went into the large boat. They didn't know what was happening until the flood. The water carried them away. He says this is what's going to be like when the Son of Man returns. In other words, he goes, hey... They didn't know what was happening. Noah spent his life preparing, being ready for it. Everybody else was living their life, doing their own thing the way they wanted to do. And can you imagine what that was like when suddenly Noah and the animals and his family get in the ark? The ark is closed. The rain begins to come. The floodwaters begin to come. Can you imagine the people who thought, oh, man, what have I done? Can you imagine as they're pounding on the door of the ark? Let me in. Come on, Noah, let me in. But at that moment, it's too late. Jesus says, this is what it's going to be like for a lot of people. They heard the word of the Lord. They heard sermons just like this right now. They said, well, one day I'll, I'll get right with God. One day I'll be, and one day it's going to be too late. I don't want to try to scare anybody. I mean, God loves us. That's the reason he created an ark for Noah, because he loved him. It's the reason he sent his son, Jesus, to make a way for salvation for you. It's because he loves you. All you got to do today is respond to his love. 